What's good, everyone? Welcome back to my first kicks. This is episode 80, and I welcome Jonathan DeLynn to the podcast this week. We talk about how he approached me after Morgan Jones's episode and wanted to jump on the podcast to talk about a line of footwear he has been working on for about four years now. It was a great conversation, and we learned a ton about the sneaker scene in the DMV area. We also talk about starting a community and helping that community become prosperous because, you know, ultimately the goal with this podcast is to create a community based around this and have everyone share their stories. But I learned a ton and I am so excited to jump into it. However, this week I was lucky enough to cop the social status penny ones. And I was able to get both pairs. And of course, you know, we share here. So one colorway is going to Iffy. And I'm keeping the sand colorway. The OG colorway is going to Iffy. If you don't know what that colorway is, please look up the shoe. Because it's a really cool shoe. And, you know, we've had a couple people on the podcast who adore the Penny Hardaway shoe models. And this will be my very first pair. As I wasn't able to ever buy a pair of pennies, any of the pennies, even phone posits. I remember, and I think I said it on an episode, but yeah, I walked into a footlocker and tried on a pair of eggplant phone posits and was like, nah, this is not built for a size 13. I don't know. I don't even know a lot how like a bunch of these kids in, in high school were just rocking them. But I definitely think it's a shoe. The phone posit is a shoe for a smaller foot. And I will always think that. I don't think I will ever have a phone posit unless it's the Supreme phone posits. But I don't think I'll ever have a pair of phone posits in my collection. And it's just not it. But I'm very excited for the pennies. I will definitely make a TikTok about them on the page. Make sure you follow it. My first kicks on TikTok. Uh, and, and if you don't know, this shoe is based around the idea of recess. So social status collaborated with Nike on the penny one, and they put out a video that gives you the idea of being late to school and it being the last few days of school. You are also met with the anticipation of summer vacation and how we all thought when we were younger. Oh, yeah, we're going to work on this. We're going to do this. We're going to come back different next year. Um, and this shoe lets you switch out the swooshes. And I just found that to be a very cool feature. But the whole story that they put put on YouTube. Make sure you check that video out if you want to. It's just captivated me. So I was instantly just like, oh, I would like to buy these. So I put in for a raffle on the James Whitner Discord, the Whitaker Group. I think it's called Whitaker Group or Whitner Group. Yeah, I think it's Whitaker Group. Uh, 
Discord and I was like super happy that I was able to get a pair. So I can't wait to get them in and I can't wait to show you all when they come in. But on to where you can find John. You can find him on all social medias at J dot D A L Y N N. That's J dot Dillon. Follow his company, which is at JDL Company on all socials. And make sure you check out his website, which is JDLcompany.com. We talk about his shoe uh, that currently he's working or he ha- and, and he's also selling, which is called the Commuter. And it's um it's a really cool looking shoe. And I think I mean, he told me they don't go up to size 13, so I'm asked out. But it's if you have a chance and you are under a size 13, definitely cop a pair. It look, it's, it's like all purpose. Um, and, and we also learn about why he wanted to make this shoe. And it's based around the armed forces. So supplying, being able to supply and create for a profession that you spent a ton of time in and you know what you're going to go through. He has this for the view of what he needs to cover within the creation of the shoes. So it's a very great episode. We learned that inside. So but check it out. Make sure you, you know, I mean, if you want to get a pair, get a pair for sure. And of course you know where to find me i am at who is Haas on all socials follow the pod at my first kicks pod on all social meds shoot an email to me with your my first kick story to my first kicks pod at gmail.com do not forget to follow the tiktok which is my first kicks we everywhere baby and now on to this week's episode with jonathan Dylan. Hey, John, welcome to the podcast. What's good, man? Thanks for having me, Haas. Nah, man, thanks for hitting me up. You know, we talked about this before the episode started, but yeah, I, <laughs> you hit me up with a long <laughs> message in, in on the my on the my first kicks podcast uh, DMs, and I was just like, "Who is this person?" <laughs> and you mentioned Morgan's name. You mentioned Morgan's name, and I had to hit up Morgan. I was like, "Yo, Morgan, who is this person?" I just need to know if he's like real, because because I mean, the, the the product you were talking about sounds, which we'll get into later, but. The product you were talking about, I was just like, this is pretty dope. So I was just like, I was like, let me let me make sure this is not like a bot. No, no, man, it's it's really me. I appreciate you having me on and I appreciate Morgan with that uh, stamp of validity for me to uh, to solidify my 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 name in your in your book. You know what I mean? To bring me on. So. No, yeah, I mean Morgan. Morgan was telling me how you put him up on a ton of this stuff, and and I was just like, okay. Well, and then he sent me a video that you did, um, a video from like seven years ago about uh, uh it was eight years ago about um a sneaker convention you put on or oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So, so I used to do uh back when Morgan was in uh, Newport News when he he told you that um on his pod uh mm-hmm. I met him out there through one of my mutual friends um. And they worked together 
And uh, I was during that time, eight years ago, let's man, how long ago was that? What year was that? 2014, something like that? Yeah, 2014. 2014. So this was like kind of in the middle of the wave of the sneaker thing that was just starting to really pop back off. Mm-hmm. And Virginia, like I had been, well, kind of backstory, I had been kind of doing sneakers and like fashion and stuff like that for a long time. So mm-hmm. I had been like traveling to your city, New York. I had been like following SneakerCon, Dunk Exchange, uh, Sneaker Pimps all over the U.S. Just kind of sell my clothing at the time, which was Jonathan Berlin clothing. Um, so they never came through Virginia. And um, that's where I was stationed at. I'm, uh, I was active duty military at the time. So um, they never came through Virginia. And, you know, we had all these big Facebook forums and Facebook groups and, you know, people will always be on there talking about like meetups and this and that. And like, mm-hmm. no one really wanted to kind of step out in front and be like, you know, I'll be the face of the whole thing. I'll just, I'll just hold that down, you know? So I just decided to, you know, start a, what you would call a sneaker convention, <laughs> but specifically for the DMV area. So DC, Maryland and Virginia. And it was called a Dead Stocks VA. So that was the name I used to go by back in mm-hmm. like 2012 to 2016 before I left Virginia. And when I met Morgan, um, he helped me out with a lot of the events. Um, either it was uh, holding security, if you can believe that or not, or <laughs> no, <I can't. laughs> taking cash at the door or, you know, just just coming through being one of the fellas, you know, and, you know, we broke mm-hmm. bread. We, uh, you know, we, we exchanged a lot of kicks during that time. I'm a, at that time I was 11, 11 and a half. So he mm-hmm. was kind of fitting the shoes that I had. So I kind of, you know, put him up on some things, you know, like, and on his pot, he said he wasn't, he wasn't too keen on not spending money. So I yeah. was like, yo, I want five for these. And he was dropping <laughs> them five bills. So. <laughs> he's, he's there getting checks like, all right, let me pass this off over here to John real quick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's how the uh that's how me and Morgan met up. Um, and we've been friends and connected ever since then. You know, like you kind of briefly briefly referenced on the footwear and whatnot that I'm trying to create right now. And mm-hmm. I send him stuff from time to time just to get his feedback on it because he does have an obscure type of collection. It's just not the basic things that, you know, normally you would see on someone's timeline or feeder algorithm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's definitely a good, good person to be like, yo, what does this look good? And he'll probably be like, (laughs) he probably would tell you something like, all right, how about you put a little zebra print on here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but for my listeners, uh, how about you go a little, tell a little bit about yourself. Okay. So my name is John. Um, I go, well, my real name is Jonathan. I go by John. I own a company named Jonathan Delenn, but people who know me know it as JDL company. Um, it's kind of been on and off since like 2006. Um, probably around the first time I went to New York city, I went up to, uh, Dave's quality meet. If you remember that store, of course. I mean, I did, if you haven't seen, I've made a little TikTok about it I uh, because I, I uh, on the on shout out to. Well, I don't know why I'm going to shout out my own TikTok <laughs> page, but 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 Morgan Morgan uh, asked, who is Dave? And I responded with and I have like I'm a big Dave's quality meathead. OK, I, I don't know. Why did I say that? But the, <laughs> I used to I used to go down there every single day because I heard that they would they would put out bacons, ran a pair of bacons randomly. Definitely. And 
And so, like, I would hang out there, like, to the point that all the workers there knew me. For sure. Yeah. So, but go on. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember the time I went, like, when I I was going up to New York. um, I'm getting off topic. I'll 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 circle it back. I promise. Okay. Okay. okay, But uh, (laughs) but uh, the times I was going up to New York, um, I ran into Dave. I ran into Jeff Staple. And I ran into like the guys, Chris from Union and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, Recon, the North store, if you remember all those stores and whatnot. Of course. And yeah. no, those guys, like, that was like to me the original essence of streetwear. So mm-hmm. I, I decided to create my own streetwear brand, which I kind of just referenced, which was called Jonathan Delint. And it was based off of my time at that point in time in the military. It was a, uh, you know, playful, um, but also like historic icons and monikers. So like this hat right here, you would think that this would be a Mets hat, but it's yeah. the phonetic term Mike and it stands for Mike for like the M word. So when you're coming across a radio, you'd be like one alpha M A Mike A alpha B Bravo. And the M is for Mike. So like when people in the military or that are doing like rescue missions or whatnot, when they say M or when they say Mike, they'll know that it's just the letter M and mm-hmm. A alpha and so on and so forth. Yeah. So I created my brand. Um, and I guess that's a bad way to circle it back, but that's who <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all good. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I uh, went on your page. Uh, so check out his Instagram, uh, which he will give at the end. You don't have to jump in with it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was just like really uh, taken aback with like, what you're trying to do um, with your, with the commuter, which is the, the shoe model that you, you sent me a picture of. And I was like, these are pretty fire. If I, if I was like, if I was in active duty, I'd be like, let me get these. <laughs> uh, but as you, everybody knows who's listening, you're on here because we ask this one question. We ask this question every week. And that is, what are your first kicks? What's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have? Wow. So, I mean, this might date myself, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I know I'm a little bit older than probably most of your listeners out there. Um, but my first pair of kicks I absolutely needed were the Air Jordan Aqua 8s. Not the retros, but the OG ones from 1993. Yeah. Let me give a little let me give a little rundown for the, the listeners who do not know what this shoe is, which is crazy because everybody's had them. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, but I've, I'm you've seen it. You've seen a pair on the streets always. Uh, the bold design of the Air Jordan 8 highlighted by crisscrossing straps and a fu- fuzzy Chanel or Chanel. Is it Chanel? Chanel. Chenille yeah. <laughs> tongue is enhanced by this OG colorway. It features black Durabuck across the upper, accented with staccato mix, staccato mix of bright Concord and aqua on the sculpted midsole. With within the tooling, an air sole unit combines with a polycarbonate tors- torsion plate. For added cushioning and stability. <laughs> I don't know why they made this so wordy, but yes. That was, this that was a, the tech back in the day, man. <laughs> crazy tech, man. This is the craziest tech. But yeah, how'd you... So let's see, let's hear how'd you get them and, and so my, behind that. I guess my story behind these is um, I grew up... So like my years for shoes also coincided with my years of grade school. Mm-hmm. So in 93, I was in third grade. 
Um, I had just moved in with my grandparents um, and I went, I switched middle schools at that point in time. Um, I had been used to wearing British Knights, LA gears. You know, I'm not sure if you remember these, but LA gear used yeah. to have a, uh, a Listen, removable. I, I, I may look young, man, but I'm, I literally, my birthday just passed. I told you my birthday was, <laughs> was happening. 30, 34. All right. Okay. okay. So you're not too far <laughs> off from me. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the yeah. LA gear, the light up ones, um, they had the removable cartridge. I used to yeah. wear those and the Larry Johnson reacts. So th- that was like my thing. Like I like grandma. Ma. I like Jordan. Yeah. I like all the characters that they had back then. You speak, you speak in my language right now. <laughs> <laughs> so when I moved to that school and I have to attribute like my whole sneaker design culture you know knowledge and everything from one of my my childhood friends his name was demario still my friend to this day um funny story is so when i first got to that school i was wearing my la gears my british knights you know wasn't nobody really checking for me or nothing like that and then like off to the right we were all lined up outside for recess and stuff and i see this kid with the jordans on i'm like yo those are dope man where'd you get those from he's like got them from the mall I bet you $10, you won't be able to get them. And at that point in time, I was like, I was in third grade. This is 93, $10 is a lot of money. Everybody's like, yeah. Ooh, I bet you can't get them. I bet you can't get them. So what did I have to do? I had to go home, cry and complain to my grandparents. Like, yo, can you please buy me these shoes? I, I need them. I need them. I'm like, yo, we just bought you these LA gears. These are dope. Like, what's wrong mm-hmm. with these? Obviously, they didn't use the word dope, but it was like, I mean, no. I was going to say, like, <laughs> <laughs> so I think this was like a, a Thursday um, that Friday. He's like, yo, you getting the shoes or not? And so I come to school I'm like, yeah, I'm getting them. I have them on Monday. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, you better get your $10 ready. You better get your $10 ready. So I go home. I cry all weekend. Mm-hmm. My grandmother finally caves in. She makes my grandmother, my grandfather take me to the mall that Sunday, buy me the Air Jordans. My brother tells my grandparents why I wanted the Air Jordans. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) My grandfather takes them from me. I'm distraught. That Monday morning, I wake up. I put on my British nights, get ready to go to school. My grandfather's like, hey, you're forgetting something. Throws me the shoes. I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's grandfather of the year right there, man. Yeah, man. Still to this to this day, he still owes me ten dollars, and he swears he never. He paid. never. T- he never paid you. <laughs> he never. That paid is me. crazy. <laughs> you better pay up. Now you got it on audio recording. I know. You'll be like, you'll be like, yo, my man. It's about time. <laughs> Run my ends, homie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, where, where? So. I mean, while Demario was bullying you, where, where, where part of the, the area is this? <laughs> where did you grow up? So I grew up in Ohio. Um, oh, okay, okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, you may, be, you may have heard of it, you're from New York, uh, Cedar Point. Yeah, Cedar Point. Mm-hmm. So I'm from that town where Cedar Point it's, is. It's I in, think there's a, is there like a Donny Park, Donny Park there or something? <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's definitely a, 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 like a Six Flags or something there. There's okay, like, so there's like yeah. a, a Cedar Point up top, and then there's like a, what do you, I think it might be Six Flags, but it's a little bit mm-hmm. southern from there. Yeah, but yeah, that whole area is kind of like small town, mom and pop type place. Um, but the town that I grew up in, we did 
we were like one of the bigger cities, if you can believe that. My high school graduating class was like 144, but we had. Oh, I thought I was waiting for 144,000. No, (laughs) (laughs) you just stopped, and I was just like, okay. (laughs) That's it. No, but we did have, we had, we were the only city that had the finish line, the footlocker, the champs, Mm -hmm. the Dick Sporting Goods, all those sports authority type stores. We had it in our town. So, the neighboring surrounding cities would have to come to us if they wanted any type of athletic apparel or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And you, um, so like, how long did you stay there? So I stayed there until I was uh, 19 years old. Oh, okay. Point. So then you yeah, got I to grew- see, you got to see how people were yeah. starting to get, get more kicks than, in, you know, Definitely. like especially being in like a city that got, that has the main hub Mm-hmm. For those three stores during that time, like it's got to be like, I mean, the you, I'm pretty sure you had kids that was just there like, yeah, I got these last week. Like, you know, definitely. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I mean, like I was definitely well connected in that city. I mean, like I didn't I grew up, like I said, I grew up with my grandparents. Um, I moved around a lot, but uh, my family always and one thing that they did do was make sure my feet was fresh. So uh-huh. I, I constantly stayed in a pair of new kicks. Um, it was like. I guess my refuge at that point in time or my piece of solace that I could have with all the chaos and everything else that was going on around me. But yeah, like every time I walked in finish line, they knew me. Every time I walked in champs, they knew me. Every time I walked in Foot Locker, they knew me. And it was just like, hey, back in this time, you could pre-order shoes. You know what I mean? So it was like, I was going in like, hey, they had the shoes on the wall, like a picture of them. I was like, yo, you want to pre-order these? So Times were a lot different back then. That's crazy. We didn't, get, we, didn't, we didn't get that here. We didn't wow. get pre-order. It was like you either had to know you have to know a manager, um, which was the hardest thing to do because those everybody is like I remember just like walk like I remember walking into a Foot Locker and like one of the resellers because like I grew up in that time like the same time you know but mm-hmm. like. Before and I'm me and Morgan talked about this, but before the Galaxy phones, it was totally different. Oh like, yeah, that era, that era was like you know you you go up to dude to be like, yo man, did you have your coffee today? I know it's crazy out here. Like you just got you, you just talk to the manager, be like, yo man, how's today's release? And then you'd be like, yo, I got you next time if you want breakfast. And then I'd always see that the like dudes would be like, yo, who's the manager? Or like, oh, uh, who's like the lead on the floor? And they would just try to talk up as many of the Foot Lock employees before like and just try to get on their good side so that next next release you you get you got a pair waiting for you you in there yeah that's dope (laughs) (laughs) so like i mean 19 what like what did you take like odd jobs or just it was all just grand grand like grandparents money just hooking it up so when i was uh when i was younger like Mm -hmm. i didn't really have a job i mean like i I had a paper route for like a week and then like I just, you know, it started raining and I was like, I'm not going to be out delivering papers in the rain. It's nuts. <laughs> so I just kind of like chilled on the on the whole job scene, job front until mm-hmm. I turned like maybe 17. Um, At that point in time, one of my friend's moms, she worked at this place. Um, It was called Great Bear Lodge. Uh huh. Um, And she was the water a, park. Yeah. 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 She was a manager at the restaurant in there and Mm -hmm. i'll never forget it was like thanksgiving time like they were short on staff and she just called me out of the blue was like hey i know you ain't doing nothing 
don't you get your, <laughs> why don't you get your lazy butt up and come up here and get some money? And I'm like, I'm good. I don't need no money. She's like, I can get you at least $150 in like five hours. Mm-hmm. I was like, how am I get there? She's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Somebody showed up at my house, brand new uniform, boots, everything. She's like, this all you got to do is just clean the tables. And I'm like, clean the tables? Come on. And she's like, no, trust me. You clean the tables. I pay you an hourly wage. And then on top of that, you get tips from each server. Like the servers only make $2 an hour, but you get a percentage of how much food they sell. And I was like, for real? And she's like, yeah, you could probably leave out of here with like $150 a night. And I was like, word. That day I left with $300. I was like, crazy. You, you were there like, <laughs> let's wipe these tables down, man. We got to get people in here. I was like, yo, you got to hire me. So, <laughs> so I worked uh, Thanksgiving, uh-huh. Christmas, and New Year's. Between those like three or four holidays, I think I made about $700. Damn. And that was my second most pair. I mean, my I know you said your first pair, but my second pair that I had to have, uh-huh. This might be a weird take for a lot let's of people. Hear, let's hear. <laughs> the Adidas Kobe Two. All right, uh, it's been a good play, uh, good time having you on. <laughs> Let everybody know where they can find you. <laughs> no, Over here man. walking around, walking around with uh, the the toasters, man. With, with some with two big white Tic Tacs on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> man, I mean, I think like. I remember just like those came out and I was in high. Was I in high school? I think I was in high school. And everybody was like, are you getting those? I mean, I love Kobe, but are you getting those? And I was like, no, man. (laughs) (laughs) You got Bart Simpson's feet if you're wearing those, man. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, man. I I had them. I wore them maybe twice. And and after that, I just kind of put them in a stash. Like I ended up. I ended up keeping them till like 2017 and I got rid of them at a sneaker con in London to a kid over there. He was a German kid who played basketball for like German team or whatever. He saw, he's like, Oh my God, what are these? I got to have them. And I'm like, yo, those are Kobe's man. And he paid me what I paid for them back then, but in euros, you know what I mean? So I think I paid $200. He gave me 200 euros for them. So I'm like 20 years later, you can have them, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's a come up because oh, yeah. the euro, especially, I mean, this is pre pre Brexit. So you're oh, yeah. definitely coming up on that a little bit, you know, like a couple of 30 bucks or something like that. Um, damn, I had another question, but you did talk about, you know, overseas. We talked about it a little bit before, but you spent some time overseas. But that's what I wanted to say. Never mind. The, uh, you know, you spent some time in the armed forces, but like. You know, uh, how were you like what led you there? And then what also just like was like, did you collect sneakers during that time? Because Morgan talked about a little bit. He was just like, nah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't spent. It was like after he started spending. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, I've, I've always been in the shoes Um, ever since, like I said, around third grade. Like, it was mm-hmm. really when I kind of started getting heavily invested in what was going on and whatnot. Um, when I joined the armed forces or the military or whatnot, mm-hmm. I didn't have as much money as Morgan did. I came in a lot. I came in a lot uh, earlier in my career than he did. So my first my first paycheck in basic training was four hundred and sixteen dollars and seventy seven cents. I was like, 
yo, I was making more than this at Great Bear Lodge. Like, what yeah. do I <laughs> So my first few paychecks, I was kind of strapped for cash. And like, mm-hmm. um, good thing, like, I, I, he kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, but I was, I'm, I was Air Force. So yeah. they had this thing called Airman's Attic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had like hand-me-downs or like things at the store. There's a, a store on the base that he kind of briefly touched on, um, that you can buy shoes at discounted prices. Mm-hmm. Um, they had that store and then sometimes the shoes didn't sell. They just throw them in the airman's attic. So, um, Stussy came out with a pair of, I think they're called Nike Air Spiritons or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got those in 2003, all red. Oh, the all red one. I was thinking about the cloth one with the big bubble on the back. So not those ones. I mean, it's the same shoe, but Mm -hmm. not that colorway. Um, I I got all red with like, it was like a gray bubble on the back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I got those for free. So that kind of helped me like get my collection right. I was in there every week. You know what I mean? Like, yo, (laughs) this blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, they got a brand new iron. Let me get that. Oh, they got pots and pans. Let me get that. So I was Mm kind of stacking up my cash so I could go out and get those shoes. Um, My shoe collection kind of evolved when I was in the military. Mm -hmm. I liked the obscure things too, but not as much. Um, I don't want, I'll probably say like, and I hate to, you know, it is what it is. You gatekeepers. No, I'll give Ronnie Fog the credit. Um yeah. he, he kind of put me on to the ASICs and, and things like that, you know. Yeah, same here. New, new balances. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of dove heavy into that um that time frame when he was doing his thing. And I I got a closet stack full of blue and white boxes of ASICs and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. Um I was still really heavy in the Jordans. So, yeah. you know, I cop Jordans when I could. Um, funny story. I had the, uh, I was in line. I was fifth in line at a store called Legends mm-hmm. for the Great Fives. Um, we had heard they were going to be getting them, but the store normally owns at nine. So mm-hmm. I get there at seven and it's five other guys in front of me. And they're like, man, we good, bro. We good. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's what's up. We definitely good. <laughs> 10 o'clock comes, store ain't open. 11 o'clock comes, the mall opens because it's Saturday and everybody's like walking around and stuff. And now these old women are walking past us, you know, power walking, looking at us mm-hmm. crazy. Like, why we're standing in front of a store that's not open? And I'm like, man, by this time, I look behind me, it's like 50 people behind me. Oh, and I'm God. like, I'm getting these joints. 12 o'clock, they still not open. I was like, you know what, man? Forget this, bro. I'm not going to be waiting here all day for these shoes. Literally, as soon as I got out of line oh. and walked around the corner, here comes the manager from Legends opening the store. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you got to be kidding me, bro. You couldn't I, get in? You couldn't get back in line? Nope. I ended up settling for the, the Sunset Fives. Oh. I was sick. that is unbelievable i would probably be like man i ain't collect the sneakers no more like how that that is that is something that would be like it would have led to me being like so upset for the rest of the month where i'd be like i ain't getting nothing or like yeah that's kind of how my collection went though it was like Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of trial and error and like i had that 
that unique size, it seemed like my foot always grew with everybody else's foot. So when I was at an eight and a half, everybody was eight and a half. When I was a nine and a half, everybody was a nine and a half. When I hit 11, I kind of caught a break. But as soon as I hit 11 and a half, forget about it. <laughs> it was like 11 and a half was like the size that everybody always wore. So I'd be in line. I'd be four or five in line. And then, you know, they backdoor stuff. And so I get up to the front. They're like, size you wear. Um, I'm trying to be like, oh, what, what size you got? And they're like, what size do you wear? <laughs> I wear 11 and a half. We ain't got no more. Well, can I get a nope next? <laughs> so, so that's kind of how my, my, uh, my early days in sneakers went. Um, some of my more notable cops, I know like a lot of people probably don't, you know, think that these are like sought after, but I got the, uh, Spizikes, the 40 acre and the mule ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those, man. I think I, they were super slept on in the beginning too. Definitely. Yeah, I think I, de- I definitely think all three Spizikes were like, like a- around New York city. They were, people wanted them like they, the Bordeaux, the, mm-hmm. uh, is it, was it called? Well, the OG colorway. Yeah. The white, uh, white and green ones. Yeah. The and black, then, green yeah. and red. Those are the ones I had the black, green and red. Mm-hmm. And then I think they came out with some white and blue ones. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of got crazy out of that. Yeah. So it's crazy that like it, it, it like I, I saw a pair of Bordeaux Spizikes and I was like, yo, these are crazy. And then it made me just buy a pair of Bordeaux sevens because mm-hmm. those were coming out. And I was just like, yeah, this colorway is dope. Like, I don't I don't know why it, did it. it took me until like I was in my 20s to realize that I like the way that this shoe meshes together. Uh-huh. But yeah, I was just like, I was sold on it. But but that so that mall occurrence happened. Did that happen in Virginia? It, it That was in Virginia. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. so that was at the uh, there's a store called Legends. Um, mm-hmm. It happened in that mall. This is the, called the Coliseum Mall. Mm-hmm. And it was like in Virginia, they had specific malls. It was like the Coliseum Mall was like the sneaker mall. Military Circle Mall was a sneaker mall, but you might get shot at it. So <laughs> gotta be gotta be kind of swift with what you're doing in there. Yeah. The Patrick Henry Mall, which is a newer mall, um, it just kind of came up probably about in the last maybe five or ten years. It's always been there, but mm-hmm. they just kind of came up with their footwear. Um there's a mall on the other side of there's like this surrounding seven cities, and they have this place, I'm sure you probably heard of it called Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a decent mall over there. It's called Lynn Haven Mall and Norfolk. That's where, you know, the clips and all of them are from. So they got their own little streetwear stores. So they have cream mm-hmm. Commonwealth and stuff like that. Those are like the smaller boutiques. That's where kind of like you got to know somebody to get something or you ain't getting nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just stand outside all day for nothing. The so I mean like you know uh, were you part of the the starting of the Virginia sneakerhead community? So I don't I I mean like a lot. I know you you said you 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 know you you started organizing the events, but like were you like you know the, so, are you <laughs> were you there for the beginning? If you, if you want to call me the Godfather, call me the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a serious tip, like when I when I first came there, like. I came there in 03. Um, this was pre streetwear to me. Um, mm-hmm. At that point in time, there were no streetwear stores. Commonwealth didn't start till 2005. Mm-hmm. And Cream kind of started around that same time. But Cream was like 
just random. It was like open on Wednesdays from four to three. And then it would be like closed and then it would open that Sunday just for noon. And then it would close again. So cream was like one of the just stores that was out of the, out of the picture. So yeah. Commonwealth was the only staple in that area. And, you know, throughout time, like, you know, Morgan was saying too, on his, on his episode, you know, you could go on the stores, you could just randomly get stuff. Like I was, I was a motorcycle rider at that time. And I would just ride with my homies and then we'd stop by a shoe store. I'm like, yo, there go there goes the uh, phone pods of pearls. You want them? Yeah, let me get them. And it would be nothing. Like, yo, those are the uh, what are those? The cool gray elevens. Mm-hmm. Y'all got them in stock? Yeah, you want them? Let me get them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so throughout all of this, like that's like I was saying, the community kept growing, the page kept growing, or those forums kept growing but there was yeah. nobody that was willing to step up and like host these events and do stuff like that um so i decided to take it on and you know since then the area has two or three house of hoops um everybody in their mama has a uh, consignment shop now where you can buy oh, yeah. sell and trade kits Ugh. um uh-huh. but nobody is doing the sneaker events no more you know what yeah, i mean exactly. so i think you know i think i was that guy that kind of like maybe put the stamp on the area as Morgan put the stamp on me to solidify me to you. I think I solidified that area to these bigger corporations. Like, you know, it's a valid need in this area for people who want specific items or that's what people in the community have told me. I don't want right. to, you know, say that I've done that. Nah, you know, you gotta, you gotta pop the collar a little bit. You know what I mean? Like you just gotta, you, you. Gotta, you gotta, if they, if they give it to you, you just Take gotta it accept it. Yeah, just accept it at that point. Um, so like, it's very interesting because I talk about this and I've talked about this for like a couple episodes. It's just like, I think that we currently in the sneaker community, we, we suffer from a big gatekeeping problem, right? So, how do you, or as, as a person who has helped create a community, how do you, uh, or how would you advise people who are trying to do the same thing? And and now in this internet age, how would you, how 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 do you think we need to start going about it, especially content creators? So, it's a gift and a curse. Like I, mm-hmm. I truly believe, like the era that we grew up in was the golden era for a lot of things because now with the the advent of the cell phone and smartphone and whatnot, it kind of killed a lot of destination shopping. And I say that to all my friends, like you don't have to go to Dave's quality meeting anymore. You can just wait till sneakers re-releases the bacon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like these stores who made their name or made their mark on the area. Now, like I don't have to be, I could live in London and buy something in LA or I could live in Paris and buy something in Germany. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, For someone who's like wanting to start or wanting to spearhead a new community or something like that. I just think you have to be genuinely authentically a part of that community. And you have to, you know, think about it in the sense and term of community, because if you're creating a community, is ultimately for the people. And mm-hmm. that's that's what Dead Stock VA was for me. It was for the people. Like I would throw events, but if somebody came up there with their kids and whatnot, if a dad came up with his kids, I'm not charging the dad to get in. Son, you're gonna pay because I know you're about to go in there and make some bank. 
But yeah. pops, you can just come in, you can do what you need to do, blah, 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 blah. The last event that I held, it was like in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at the, there's a big convention center in that area. And I had amassed a name enough to kind of grow a following to where, you know, I was kind of like selling out the spaces that I was in. Okay, big a- dog. well that last event was free yeah so like i just i paid for the whole thing myself and like that was the that was the whole model of the thing was for the community so Mm -hmm. like it was just you come all you got to do is just scan your little qr code this was around the time when people were doing stuff like that scan your little qr code and you get in for free you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so things like that like it 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 kind of takes money to be able to kind of stand out in front and do something like that. But if 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 you're really genuine about what you're doing, I'm sure there are gonna be other people in the community that want that same kind of thing and are willing to help push it forward. You know what I mean? Yo, I mean, that's I'm gonna take that in. Cause I'm, I mean, obviously we're trying to build a community where we, you know, we share, we bring back storytelling back to this. And I think it's just, it's been tough, but you know, as you, as you say, we just gotta, just gotta keep plugging away, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, and shows like this, you know, where, you know, you are, you are spotlighting, like, this is another secret, like, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how much of a secret it is, but like, if you can figure out a way to showcase the average person, Mm-hmm. More so than a celebrity. We know what Offset has. We know what Travis Scott has. Mm-hmm. But do we know what Morgan has? You know, I'm, I, now we know Morgan. You know, Morgan has 11,000 followers on TikTok. You know what I mean? But when, yeah. when Morgan knew me, he didn't even have Instagram. He barely had MySpace. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's just one of them things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's tons and tons and tons of guys out there with stories to tell. You know what I mean? And ultimately, like, if you can figure out a way to tap into those guys, because most of those OGs don't want to be on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. G's move in silence like lasagna or mm-hmm. however Lil Wayne say it. But if you I meet mean, those guys I, out there. I, I use the the Freddie Gibbs line. Uh, <laughs> G's, G's move in silent like Giannis. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think that's right. But oh, so you wanted uh, you talked you even touched a little touch on on your overseas travel. But like, what was it like copping kicks out there? So overseas was a different beast too. So mm-hmm. I lived in, I lived in a few different countries. So I lived in Korea for a year. Okay. okay. Um, this was, this was. Where, where, where Korea? Cause I was obsessed with Korea last year. So I was in, <laughs> so, I was in Seoul, Korea. Okay. So I was in the, the big city. Um, mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was cool because I was there where everything was happening at. I didn't speak the language, so I had to immerse myself in the culture. I had to learn things. I had to, you know, navigate, travel, try different things. And I really loved it. But cop and cakes was non-existent. Mm-hmm. Like Korean people's feet must stop at a size 10 because that's all they had. Like everywhere Jeez. I went, they had all the heat, but it was size 10. That's it. <laughs> And if you're not a 10, you're like, like 11, 11, I need 11. <laughs> They're like, sorry, man. <laughs> I even tried, I haven't tried the old school trick. I don't know if you, you hit to this, but like, get you, get you a smaller size, take the insole out. That'll give you yeah, like a half course. an inch. Of, 
I do that with working. my grails. So I got a pair of my, my grails. I, and I've only have a couple of my grails, but one of my grails are the the Tweed SBs. And I okay. have them. I'm a size 13. Okay. Yeah, I have a size 12. Mm. And then I was like, this is the only chance I'm going to get them. I, I, I paid. What you got to do. Yeah, I paid like 120 for them. I got real lucky. And, and so I was just like, Fuck it. Like it's going it's going on. It's for the toe. It's going on. And and I usually wear it around my birthdays. I didn't wear it this year, but I usually wear it around my birthdays and I'm just dying. While Definitely. <laughs> What's the name got me a few times like that? Ronnie Fogg, man. You know, those ASICs, you never know how they run. Do they run true to size? Do they run small or whatever the case? And then like early in his days, like he used to Photoshop pics, man. So those shoes be looking banging on the internet. And then you get them in hand, you're like, what? Is this really the denim that I was just looking at? Like, <laughs> I remember I got the all the all denim, uh, selvage denim gel like threes. Yeah, and I was like, yo, I can't believe I got through this and that. And this was like pre buy, you yeah. know. This was just like you waiting in a queue, and it's like you the computer's crashing. Mm-hmm. Got them joints. I'm like, hold on, let me go back to. Is this the <laughs> right shoe? I'm like, yo, this is crazy, but. Yeah, I had to pull the insoles out of them and, you know, rock them, man. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think people know, like, like, like people, like regular people know about this. Mm-hmm. And then and then when you're like walking with them and, and then they're like, I'm like, yo, my feet are killing me. And they're like, why? You're like, <laughs> listen, this shoe is a, is a full size down. <laughs> you're <they're> like, what? <laughs> why did you get them your size? You're like, you have to tell them, you're like, listen, you, like, if you're into this stuff, it's like you, you you have to be correct on the dot right now. Like if you Definitely. get them, if you get in them, then that's your only chance of getting them. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I totally get that. Um, I mean, we you the reason you jumped on, you know, is to talk about your shoe. I want you to give I want you to, to talk about what you told me. And I and I because I'm not I'm not too aware about it, but I didn't know um, you get. Well, when you join the armed forces, you only get one or two pairs of, of shoes and you have to be in them all day long. So I, I definitely want to talk about, you know, the commuter. For sure. So <laughs> I guess to kind of start like the shoe, when 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 you join the, the military or whatnot, mm-hmm. you do have your choices of footwear, but they are not the best if that makes sense mm-hmm. um no disrespect to any of those brands but those are like heritage brands you know those are brands that have been around since prior to world war one or the revolutionary war stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> they're like yo we signing this we're signing this 100 year contract with Definitely. the army <laughs> try true deliver they're all that you know what i mean so these yeah. are these are like full rubber soles all leather uppers like mm-hmm. sturdy like you know, super, super sturdy. These ain't going nowhere. Um, and when you join, you know, you get your standard issue, you get you probably two pairs in, in basic training. And then, you know, after that, depending on what job you have, you're kind of left up to yourself to kind of fend for yourself for footwear after that point. Um, and like I said, it's, it's basically just those brands because they're the only ones that kind of cater to military. Mm-hmm. Um, a few, a few other brands have kind of jumped into the, jumped into the boat within these past maybe about five or six years, but their designs and their footwear and their comfortability and their quality is still not, you know, what we need for someone who's like 10, 12 hours a day on their feet. You know what right. I mean? So 
I was designing shoes when I lived in England. So I lived in um, probably about an hour outside of London, um, 2017, when I first got there. And it was always raining. I never realized like it rained so much there. It's like, yo, this is wild. Like how much water is like just dropping every that's, single day. That's why they give you tea. They, they, they're like, yeah, we need you at a calm pace, bro. We just need you calm all day. Definitely. So, you know, I was designing sportswear shoes, you know what I mean? And my wife kind of came up to me. She was military at the time too. And she's like, hey, you know, I'm tired of like my job. I'm in engineering. So they gave me free boots. You know what I mean? It's like, I got boxes and boxes and boxes of boots. So many boots. I was like, Fuck it. I don't need no more boots. Let me get some in her size. So I was like, yo, let's save $150 for buying you some boots and we can get you these. Ones. Well, my boots are steel toe boots uh-huh. and steel toe is probably about an extra five pounds. Yeah. So she went from wearing something that was probably about maybe about two to three pounds to about almost five pounds. Mm. And she's like, these boots are so heavy. I can't even move. I can't, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, yo, this is normal to me. And she's like, why don't you design me a boot? And like, at the time, you know, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know the regulations and this and that. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Whatever. <laughs> Throw that out the window. <laughs> and I was having some issues with some manufacturers that I was working with. So she was like, you could be working on my shoe right now instead of playing around <laughs> with these other shoes. So I was like, you know what? You're right. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and get your sh- let me get you squared away. Mm-hmm. So I came up with some different designs. I kind of asked her what she wanted in the footwear. Um, she, all she really wanted was to be comfortable and lightweight. Right. Those were like the twoest, two easiest things that you can kind of work on because you can kind of change the materials, change the outsole and kind of go from there. At that point, it was kind of up to me to kind of work on the design. Um, I don't have any like design background. Obviously, I joined the military, so I didn't go to design school. So this was oh, like, they don't they don't offer that in the in the Air Force. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so I kind of just reached out to a few of my friends who are in the field and in the industry, kind of showed them what I was working with, kind of what I wanted to do, and they kind of helped me create something. That you kind of see right here. I know we're on a podcast, but uh, yeah. if you go I mean, to my I'll, website, I'll, you'll be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'll definitely share when when we drop this episode. I'll definitely share uh, pictures of the commuter, uh, which sure. reminds me of uh, Hirachi. Definitely. So, right? in music, like I'm a big hip hop head, and like me too. I feel like there's three things to make a song a smash. Mm-hmm. Two turntables and a microphone. Now, <laughs> so you can have one of the three things and it can be a hit. So mm-hmm. it's got to have a dope beat, dope lyrics, or something that someone has already said before. Mm-hmm. So you think back at like all the big hip hop songs. I'm not going to give you too many of them, but we can just go with something like Jay-Z said. Sitting. Uh, what do you say? Oh. Uh, both in the club, high singing off key. And I wish I never met her at all. So mm-hmm. he had the lyrics. He had the beat from Pharrell. He said something somebody else said. Give it to me was a smash. It was out of here. Think about something else that another rapper has already said before. Mm-hmm. I'm a hustler. I'm a, I'm a hustler, homie. It was a smash. 
Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you hit it because I feel like all things need like a th- three things. Like, mm-hmm. it, like I, I, I went to school for print, so like they always tell you, you know, if you want something uh, to be done, which is it's funny because like they tell you it's three things, but it's like uh, you need you can only do two out of three things in order to make something successful in print, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's you, you, it's gonna. Uh, it's going to either be of quality, it's going to be either on time, or it's either going to cost enough money. So in order for it to be successful, you can, you can either have it uh, come on time, but cost, cost more money, uh, mm-hmm. but the quality is going to be good, or like it's going to be of good quality, but, but uh, uh, take, uh, take a long time. Take a long time. Like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think it's definitely like a process. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what 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 it took you to put the shoe out was just <laughs> it got you there. though. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like I thought to myself, like, number one, she hit it What she said, lightweight and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like those two things don't you don't think about those when you think about military footwear. And I couldn't think of the number two, but the number three, I knew that it had to resemble something someone had already done before. Uh Because it's easier for someone who is a traditional person to digest something that is somewhat new, but just an updated version of it. So this is my take on the military boot. You know what I mean? This is the updated version of what I'd like to think someone in maybe 1985 would look at and be like, yo, that is futuristic. You know what I mean? Like, what year are you from Marty McFly? You know what I mean? So, (laughs) but yeah, the, the, the front of the shoe, it has a reinforced TPU tape. So it's not like a a solid traditional foot. It kind of like molds to your foot because it has the engineered mesh on top of that. And on the sides right here, the left and right side, you have a lateral and medial lock-in. Mm-hmm. And these kind of protect your foot from rolling. You know, we do a lot of training or, you know, obstacle courses, or if we're out in the field, combat, God forbid, you know, and, you know, you don't want your foot to roll over in a shoe that really was like made for running, you know what I mean? Because this yeah. is based off of a running platform. So, mm-hmm. It has that extra support on your left and right. And then as you're going up, got the suede hits, got some leather tie-ins on the side, got your pull tab in the back, and got your nice little logo hit in the front. And the thing about this, like I said about England too, it's water resistant. So you can spill your coffee on it. You can, you know, go outside in the rain and, you know, your foot won't get soaked. So Very important because wet socks... Are terrible. Not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the trenches, you're like, my socks are wet, man. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, you're bringing a very high quality product to the. I mean, are you a, like, are, are you able to like wear shoes that you want, or is it has to be like? What is the process now in order so, to get people to wear it? So there's there's rules and regulations that you have to follow in order for it to be deemed compliant. And Mm -hmm. each branch has their own set of rules and regulations. The army, they, they follow this, some, this follow this document called AR 670 dash one. 
the Air Force follows a document AFI 362903, mm-hmm. and other branches have something similar. Um, just as long as you're within those parameters of what the branch requires, which is basically cowhide leather, the reverse side, some sort of durabuck or nylon ballistic material, mm-hmm. you can pretty much have free reign with everything else. You know what I mean? Just as long as you're within that specific parameters of where it needs to have those items on those shoes. So this particular model right here is Air Force specific. Mm-hmm. That's what my wife was. That's what I was. So this is Air Force specific. There are other models that I'm working on or that I've been kind of mulling over for a few years now because this project took me four years to create. Yeah. Um. So those I have other ones locked and loaded in the chamber once we get through all of these boxes right here you know what i mean so and and to those listening it's only about two boxes behind him <laughs> <laughs> i wish <laughs> they're going like hot kicks. get in there <laughs> yeah 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 come on <laughs> order up um uh so you know as we're we're going down to the end of the podcast we we also ask another question i like spurring this this one but i think you've heard it if you listen to morgan's podcast and that question is, what does the thrill of the hunt mean to you? So the thrill of the hunt to me, I'd probably say the chase, mm-hmm. the excitement, the love. And I know I'm just describing the thrill of the hunt with other words, but camaraderie, <laughs> success and destination. So when I say the chase, it's like, you know, growing up when we grew up, like, we would be relegated to magazines, double XL, uh, slam magazine or whatnot. This where we would get our, what's coming out East Bay, you know, things like that. From there, that initial excitement would come about. Then we, most of the time we would see it on the player that we wanted it from. So then the love would grow for the product and the player. Then we would find out where that item is being released at which would build that camaraderie between you and the people that are out there in line, you and the store owner that you're trying to buy a breakfast for to get you to secure your pair. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get your success <laughs> uh-huh. when you actually score that pair from the destination shop. They got it for you. Man. So that's what the hunt means for me. That, that is perfectly said. Let everybody know where they can find you. So you can find my brand JDL company at jdlcompany.com mm. follow us on all social media platforms with the same moniker jdlcompany.com instagram twitter facebook we got it but like you don't know why i really use facebook no more so i mean if you want to come on facebook we still post on there but like you know Facebook is going to be gone about that. <laughs> That's a bold, bold statement. Hey, man. TikTok we'll is here, man. TikTok is here. We'll see. You never know. MySpace making a comeback. You oh, know. don't don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, first off, want to say thank you for your service. And you. for everybody out there listening, wear your kicks. Peace.